Chris Hansen here of Hansen versus Predators to catch a predator and have a seat with Chris Hansen. Now I'm going to need you all to have a seat right over there because there's something you need to know. You're listening to the Chazcast hosted by Chaz Little. Enjoy yourself. I'll be watching and listening. Always back at it. All right. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. My name is Chaz. I'm here with Dom Compone. And this is the Chaz Cast. Welcome. Uh, you know, a lot going on in the sports world these days. NBA's in the playoffs, NHL's in the playoffs, baseball, lot to talk about there. Oh, 100%. I we think, always talk about baseball. It always goes back to baseball. I know. I don't I'm starting to like baseball too. You know, yeah. the Mets are good, which makes it cuz I always consider myself a fair weather Mets fan, mm-hmm. which I think is Affair, as if I'm open about how I'm a, like, not necessarily a front runner, but I'm only going to pay attention when they're winning games. 100. percent It's not like you're going to sit there and watch 162. Yeah, no. And of course, Degrom's got me enamored. Yeah, Jacob Degrom, you could watch him all the time, and he's yeah. ridiculous. The guy's absolutely ridiculous, and it seems like uh, the injury that he had is not as serious as people no. thought before his uh, right shoulder. And he's and it feels weird too because he keeps like getting pulled from games mm-hmm. but then MRI is good so they're like all right. Um but last night I watched three innings of baseball because that's all the ground pitched. Eight strikeouts, bro, on like 99 mile an hour sliders. Like unbelievable like just mm-hmm. disgusting and like w- something's just so disrespectful about catching striking a guy out looking. And he struck out like six of those guys looking like these guys just don't know what's coming. The the way Degrom pitches, he has the the velocity. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the fastest throwing pitchers, the hardest throwing pitchers in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I believe he leads the league in average fastball velocity. It's well, yeah. it's it's over a hundred. Plus his control. So if you have the speed and you have the control, you're going to be unhittable, and that's why ZRA is point five or whatever it is. It's <laughs> basically zero. It's zero. Like yeah. he is more. RBIs then earned, earned runs. runs, which like it couldn't even be a real stat. That's mm-hmm. like when you're playing the show and you make your guy a pitcher and you just start like padding your, you're playing on rookie 100%. mode, you know? It's so funny to look at the, uh, even like the box score and, and, and especially Mets Twitter because they'll just tweet out that, oh, DeGrom just casually gets another RBI. Like he's driving in his own runs. Yeah. Like yesterday, uh, yeah, yeah. Yesterday he got a hit, drove yeah. in a run. Like you said, he had eight strikeouts. The guy's just unmatched. I mean, who else is doing what he's doing? No one. I've never seen it. I haven't either. I've never seen a pitcher do what he's been able to do. five ERA. It's always like, you know, sometimes like Granky was like floating under one mm. for the first few starts like two years ago. And, and that, that happens. But yeah, we're, no coming, we're approaching July now. It's getting yeah. a little weird. <laughs> yeah, the, the they're like 40 and 25. Mm. Like we're almost at the All-Star break. Mm. Like, I know. Unreal, dude. Unreal. I have my Yankees shirt on today, but I don't really want to talk about what's going on in the yeah. Bronx. They have been absolute trash. They would, they did win the last two against Toronto, so I'll give them props. Mm-hmm. But th- this team is just a tough watch. They their offense has just been struggling all year. Dude, for how much they've been struggling, it's awesome that they're thirty three and thirty three. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're just, just above five hundred. They haven't been able to put the bat in the ball for. And, like, I guess Gary Sanchez is playing out of his mind. Yeah, the the Yankees are, as we speak, three games over five they They're seven games back in the AL East. They're four games back of the second wild card spot, which Houston currently holds. So 
the Yankees can definitely make a run. Yeah. They're the Yankees. But at this point, three games over 500 for a team that was projected to go to the World Series yeah. is a little concerning. And we keep talking about it. seems like each passing week everyone's talking about, oh, the Yankees, uh, they're going to make a turn. They're going to make a turn. It doesn't look like it's coming. I mean, let's be honest. This this team is is decimated with injuries, first of all. But a lot of teams have injuries. I'm, I'm not going to put mm -hmm. that on them. But they, they just can't get it going offensively. The pitching, uh, the pitching led them for a period of time about yeah. a month ago. They were unhittable. They're starting to come down to earth a little bit. The Yankees just have to figure it out. That's the bottom line. A yeah. lot of people are calling for the head of Boone and Cashman, but they're, they're, nothing's <laughs> Bro, they've been there. they've been average for two months, and <laughs> it's know. the end of the world. I know. Like, it's unbelievable to be a Yankees fan. Like The last time – we weren't even alive the last time the Yankees were under 500. Like, to, no for way. A season. It yeah. feels that way, right? Early 90s. Early 90s is the really? last time they were under. Every year. They've won 81 games or whatever 500 is. Even when the, the Yankees struggled – and I put that in quotation marks for people listening on the pod. Wow. Struggled, like say 2008 and then uh, 2013, 2014 when they didn't make the playoffs. They were still well over 500 and they were in the postseason race until the last week of the season. So they, they were still competing at a high level. They just couldn't get over the hump. But this team is, like I said, three games over 500. It's very realistic that they finish under 500 the way this offense is playing. Yeah. So they have to turn it around. That's unbelievable. Like, that's got to be one of the best runs in sports history. Oh, they've just been going 20. The Kings have gone 20 seasons without going over 500. Oh, yeah. Like, the Raiders haven't made the playoffs in 25 years. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't even imagine being, it must feel weird to root for a team like and, that. And that's like, why Yankee fans are extremely spoiled because you hear them call so up these radio shows and they're asking for Cashman to be fired, Boone to be fired. Boone led them in his uh, first year or second year to 103 wins. Led him his first year to the American League Championship Series. This team is in the postseason every year competing. Yes, they haven't been able to get over the hump. Yes, they've lost four straight American League Championship Series and they have not been able to get to the World Series since 2009. I understand all that. But at the same time, like you said, there are teams out there that just want to make the postseason, want to even sniff it at the end of regular season just to come close. And the Yankees are there every single year competing over 500. And that's why the fans are spoiled because they, they look at it uh, as a championship or bust no, each zero, and every year. Yeah, I have zero respect for the fans. <laughs> like in the It was the first week this year they were booing and like saying, that's what they do. They lost three games, like, and they're already fucking fired. There's up. 162 games in a baseball season. Yeah, and the Yankee fans will boo day one if you strike. <laughs> it's like I remember when Stanton first came to the Yankees. He hit two home runs in his first ever game as a Yankee up in Toronto. Mm -hmm. He comes back, strikes out five times against Tampa at home, and they boo him. Like, bro, give the guy a bro, chance. You just gave him 30 million, <laughs> like. You're going to be giving them 290 over the next 13 years. I don't understand. I don't get me wrong. I understand Yankees' frustration when it comes to Stan because he's he's injured all the time. He has to stay on the field. But when he is on the field, he gets the job done. Yeah. Like he had 30-something home runs his first year. He was injured in his second year. But yeah. you just got to hope that they're all healthy for the – if they make it to the playoffs, healthy for the playoffs. Yeah. And that the pitching's there. Yeah. I would love to see him take that spot in the Astros and the Astros don't make the playoffs. That would be so nice. anti-Astros. Everyone's so anti-Astros, but, but it's coming out now that maybe more people are cheating. Yeah. There, was a, there was a guy who, uh, I forget his name, he was an MLB like insider or whatever, he basically wrote this expose about uh, cheating in baseball. And mm -hmm. one of the things was the Yankees were using cameras out 
in right field, center field, and left field directed at not the catcher, but the pitcher and his signs. And then he did the home and away uh, splits of Aaron Judge and, and I believe 2017, 2018. And All Judge at home right. was yeah, Judge at home was exponentially better than he was on the road. Wow. So people are now saying wow. that the Yankees may have cheated. But I, I feel like every team cheats. They, they were saying that Chase Utley cheated back in the day. Uh, all the starting pitchers on the Astros cheated. I mean, everyone cheats. And now this whole sticky stuff coming out. The sticky stuff uh, storyline is fascinating to me because it's been so well known amongst everybody in the MLB. It's, and like even like we were saying before, like the whole sunscreen and rosin thing, al- although it's illegal together, nobody's saying anything because it's, you know, it's kind of a gray area where the batters are all right with it. They don't care because they want the pitchers to have the control and the grip. But the difference is from what people believe is cheating versus just like that kind of gray area is, is when you have the grip versus something that lets you put more spin on the ball. Yeah. And cause you want it to like literally glue it to your hand. So you get as much of the rotation as possible. And the, what I've learned the most about it is from Trevor Bauer's Twitter and so he's very open. He's very open about it. And for three years, it is crazy because his <laughs> tweets in like 2017, 2018, 2016, he's talking about like asking people, like, do any physics people know about sticky stuff and mm. spin? And he's like, how is this being used? Like, yeah. you know, I learned from the Astros hitting coach when I was, or pitching coach when uh-huh. I was 14 about sticky stuff. And people use it all the time. And you could, and it's like, it's normal for you to see every pitcher digging their glove, like, because they're, you know, they want to get that grip. But, they've realized over his last three years is he started realizing that even the sticky stuff, the real hard glue, nobody's cracking down on it. They don't care. So he's like, well, if you don't care, why would I not use this? Like I get a bigger advantage. Like I could get paid more and I could do all this. And then, so he tweeted that three years ago and then he has had, so the, the spin is what is what people are worried about. And so having like 2,500 to 2,600 is like a great spin on a pitch. And if you could get up 2,900 over 3,000 rotations yeah. per minute or rotations that the ball can get before it yeah, gets yeah, to yeah. the um, plate. And he now like, so in 2019, he had like 10 pitches that were over 3,000. 2020, he had like, you know, 60 where he mm-hmm. won the Cy Young. Yeah. And then it, like now he's got like 75 already. And it's like, he's like, well, like if you don't care, like I'm going to win the Cy Young, I'm going to get the, and, and now they're like talking about, oh, he's getting investigated. And he's like, no, like no one cares. They're just taking data this year. So this year, the MLB is just going to be like, all right, what's going on? How do we learn from it? And what's the next step? So this year, it seems like they're just going to take inventory of what's going on. No one's getting in trouble because it's like, you know, we didn't crack down on it. This isn't the time to just be like, all right, cheater, cheater, cheater. (laughs) And like the rest of you in the gray area are good. Like it's too tough. And so next year, I think they're going to come out with one like line of like, okay, sunscreen and rosin's fine but you can use spider tack or yeah, certain things. I think that's what's going to happen too. It's just funny. Everyone's coming out, especially all these pitchers against it. So it just shows you how many pitchers are probably using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Rodon of the uh, White Sox, who pitched a no-hitter earlier this year, he he came out a few days ago and basically said, how can you crack down on this, suspend a, a pitcher for 10 games or whatever the consequences may be, but you don't give a suspension out to the Astros who were literally (laughs) stealing signs and won a World Series because of it. And I thought that was an interesting point too. Yeah. Just because that's how these guys feel. If Mm -hmm. they're playing the game, I'm not going to say the right way because 
technically it's against the rules to use sticky stuff as a pitcher as much as uh, they want to use it. Mm -hmm. But for these guys, they truly believe, why should I get suspended for trying to, like you said, get better control of the baseball, Mm -hmm. try to get guys out. When the Astros did the same thing, got caught cheating, Mm-hmm. and no suspensions were handed down, and nothing no. happened to the players. No. And that's how these guys feel. And I understand that they believe Rob Manfred in baseball has a double standard there. Yeah. And it's I like how it's all coming out of nowhere. The Trevor Bauer thing, he's like, yo, like, you guys, no one said anything when I asked, is this allowed? Mm-hmm. You were like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they, and no one knows. No, baseball has no idea what's going on. Yeah, out. so at first it came out, I was like, Fucking baseball, everybody's cheating, like, the mm-hmm. sports stinks, like, but when you get, it goes deeper, you're like, yeah. whoa, this is, like, you know, like, just a standard part of the game, like, you know, mm-hmm. people are, like, just, like, you know, just using the little rosin bag that they have on the pitching mound, and, and like, you can't not, like, t- tell someone you can't use sunscreen to protect from the rays, you're outside all day, 100%. like, but you don't want anyone to get skin cancer, come on now, mm-hmm. it's all about the health of the players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's when it comes to not... You know, pegging people 102 miles an hour, like... And that's the thing. I the For the hitters, it's weird because obviously you want to get the advantage over the pitcher, and that would be less revolutions on a pitch, mm-hmm. easier to, to, to see coming, um, easier to pick out. But then again, these guys are now throwing high 90s, 100 miles an hour, most pitchers in the MLB, and you want them to have control because you don't want to stand up there and get beamed in the head. Yeah. With a hundred mile per hour pitch, yeah, so, you know, no you fun. lose your vision. Yeah, and, like, it's no you fun for anybody. The, you know, like, <laughs> like oh, and that was one of the things was the pitcher said every time you get a baseball, there's no consistency whether how much dirt is on it, how yeah. much whatever. And like I think that was I don't remember who got cracked. Was it Shoeless Joe when they said, "All right, we're not using scuffed baseballs anymore. We're doing fresh ones every time." Shoeless Joe was the the Black Sox scandal. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone else got cracked, scuffed with a maybe Ray something. Um, but he got like, they had a scuffed baseball and he got cracked in the head and died. I think. Oh, that was Ray Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Chapman. Yeah. 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 And so then they're like, all right, we're only using fresh ones, but even the fresh ones, there's such an inconsistency to them. And like, they get dusty and whatever that like, it is important to have this. And so I think that everyone should just like chill for a year and like, and then wait, um, next year and just say, all right, this is what we're doing. It's so funny because now. Everyone's talking about sticky stuff and pine tar and all that. Mm. Back in the day, people were used used to were allowed to spit on the ball, like pitchers oh, yeah, were yeah. the spitball, and then that was outlawed and that yeah. was banned because they saw the ball literally just going in every which direction, <laughs> and it was impossible basically to hit. Yeah. And, and now, like I said, with pitchers throwing that much faster, hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. It's un, it's basically unfair if they have that kind of control. That's how MLB is probably viewing it. Yeah, that's because right. also people come out and say, "Well, the batters are allowed to use pine tar to get a grip on the bat. Why can't the pitchers?" Yeah, so yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, surprised you don't see a lot a lot of uh, like RA Dickies anymore throwing knuckleballs. I wish we saw, still had right? knuckleballers like Tim Wakefield right? back in the day. RA Dickey. Like I want, I want more submarine guys. Like I want more. I miss those. Like, dude. Like, okay. Like, you're six ten and can power the ball 101 miles an hour every time, mm. and like, like that's great. But like, I, I want to see some shaking up. I yeah, want to see, see yeah. oh, something yeah. different. Have Have you seen the the images of when they overlap Degrom's pitches? Oh yeah. So Degrom's pitches will look exactly the same coming out of a hand, and then like, like the last like, sixty feet. It's exactly the same. The last five, they just it, it yeah. splits and hits either side of the and so that's it's impossible why, to hit. He's just embarrassing guys. <laughs> it's amazing. 
That's the one thing I realized about baseball is like, if you don't get into the pitching, you can never get into the sport. Because the, the pitching is what makes it interesting, focusing every play, like learning the strate- strategy of is it 3-1 count, 2-0, like what are you doing? Like that's when, like I just, and it's wild because I was just walking through a baseball stadium once and a guy w- behind me was telling his buddy why it's so important to uh, sit behind home plate and why it's so why, sick yeah. because you can watch the pitches. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have a better seat than everyone else because you could see the pitches yeah. and what happens to them. And so I was like, whoa, like that makes so much sense. And like, then you get into it and like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I remember yeah. going to baseball games as a kid and always wanted to sit behind on play. I've only done it a few times, but yeah. seeing the, those pitches, especially up close, I don't think people on TV or anywhere else in the stadium get the full effect of how fast these guys are throwing, how hard yeah. it is to even see the ball, let alone hit it. Yeah. That's why baseball to me is the toughest sport out there. I mean, you yeah. see, especially this year, Guys are just not hitting. Like, the entire league's average is down. Yeah. We talk about the Yankees struggling on offense. They're not the only team. Every team's struggling on offense. There's, yeah. only, there's only a few players that are really hitting the ball well. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to first, I'm not going to say guess the pitch, but you have to recognize what's coming out of their hands. Then you have to react to it, mm-hmm. and then you physically have to put the bat on the ball. There's so many things that go in to getting a hit, and – Forget about hitting a home run. To get to hit a home run is just insane to me. Like I, I go to sleep thinking about how hard it is to hit a home run. <laughs> because when I play baseball, I never hit a home run in my life. Yeah, I've only hit one in like practice. I've never hit a home run in my life, and I'm thinking to myself like, how the heck do these guys hit 400 foot bombs on pitches they have no idea basically what's coming? You gotta be so su- precise and mm. so strong. So many things have to go right. Yeah, and so many things have to happen for you to hit a ball 450 feet in an MLB game. Yeah, it's just the truth. You got to respect it. Whether you like the sport or not, you got to respect how hard it is to put a round bat on a round ball and hit it straight. I hate to switch so abruptly, but can we just talk basketball, not talk baseball? Oh my goodness, bro. The 76ers. What the heck is going on? I was just, I was, I was going to ask. I was like, please tell me you watched that fourth quarter. Oh my goodness. It's so funny because they, they blew, they blew the lead in their last game in Atlanta. Mm. Joel Embiid could have hit a bucket. Went like 0 of 12 from the field in the second half. Okay, so they blow that lead. That's fine. Happens once in a while. You're at home now in a decisive game five, series tied 2-2. You are, you're up 26 at one point. 26. 31. 31. Whatever <laughs> it was. You cannot blow that lead. There was a literally a stat this morning that I saw. I'm waking up. I'm just recovering from what happened in the game last night. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see Joel Embiid and Seth Curry were the only two guys on the 76ers who made a field goal in the second half. Oh that cannot God. happen. The 70s, like Doc Rivers at this point, he's just known as a choke artist. I mean, with the, Clip, with the Clippers and now with the 76ers, I'm surprised he even won a title with Boston in 2008, even though they had that stacked team. At this point, it's just getting ridiculous, and the 76ers need to figure it out because now you're down to three games to two. You have to win these next two games. One of them, which is being played in Atlanta, which is a very hostile place to play in, and Ben Simmons has to show up. He has to do something. Ben Simmons... They started hacking him in the second quarter. <laughs> Atlanta started hacking Ben Simmons in the second quarter. Be like, hey, go shoot free throws. You'll brick them all. Oh, and he did and brick he them did. all. <laughs> and he did. I have to give a lot of props to Trey Young because th- this guy's a young superstar. He's not phased with the big moment. You saw what he did at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. Oh. I mean, he's just showing up in big spots. This is the guy who, even last night I'm watching, he could drive into the bank, paint, get absolutely swatted by Joel Embiid get the offensive rebound, bring it back down, hit a 35-foot three right in the defender's face. It's, it's impressive watching that guy play. Yeah. And John Collins. I have to give him a lot of credit too. Yeah. 
So it's wild how like so Trey Young was he went last week to my least favorite player in the NBA. And then I decided, like, because I hate the 76ers. Uh-huh. Like, just because they always outsucked the Knicks for, like, seven years. Yeah. And because they were losing on purpose. And mm. the Knicks were losing on accident. Yeah, the Knicks were, like, tr- and it, I want to say trying to, like, make the playoffs, trying to win. But they were trying to, like, compete out there. The yeah. 76ers weren't even competing. Oh, my God. So, yeah, because I was at the game where they broke the NBA record for losing 26 in a row. And they pulled rookie of the year Michael Carter-Williams in the fourth quarter, and yeah. they didn't play him. And I was like, they just lost that game on fucking purpose. <laughs> and with my own two eyes. You can't lose 26 games in a row not on purpose and it pissed me off it was so unethical and i fucking hated tanking and and i always hated the sixers and i love watching them fucking lose in the playoffs ben simmons dumb fucking hairline Mm -hmm. like and so trey young i matured and i said the Knicks are gonna have to play him a lot Mm -hmm. i'm gonna root for him to fucking beat the sixers and he is yeah and it's hilarious bro because that's how i felt too as like Mm -hmm. especially as a celtics fan the celtics own the 76ers the past few seasons when they played each other in the playoffs even sweeping them one year swept them and i don't like joel and at all i don't like joel i don't like i mean i'm just i i'm just a joel hater i guess Mm -hmm. i could say it yeah I, i just don't like his antics on the court so to see him struggle especially in game four the way he did not hitting a shot that was fun that was a lot of fun don't get me wrong he had a huge game yesterday yeah. huge game the 70 his teammates just didn't step up when they needed oh. him when they needed him most but yeah I'm, I'm happy to see the 76ers lose not a fan of them i don't mind I, I, it's cool to see the fifth seed hawks doing what they're doing and, yeah and uh putting a stamp on on this series and hopefully they can uh move on and most likely face the nets game six tonight against the nets in uh, milwaukee by the way kevin durant putting up 49 points 48 minutes oh my god I can't imagine playing that long. I mean, we talk about we talk about all these like superstars and what they're able to do. Kawhi is resting all the time. By sorry, Kawhi, for Kawhi. the Toronto the Toronto run, he was playing forty six minutes. Yeah, he was. You got You him. always got to respect that. Give him props. But um, <laughs> but for KD to go out there and play forty eight minutes of a game, down most of the game, take his team all the way back and hit a few threes couple daggers in the fourth quarter to, oh, yeah. to get that win. That's a huge win for the Nets because they were not looking good. Obviously, Kyrie's out. Got to give props to James Harden for playing, but he just didn't show up. That was weird. Yeah, it was weird, weird <laughs> to see him struggle like he did. No, but the fact that – so the recency bias is unbelievable on Twitter and in yeah. the sports media. But, like, the fact that – so KD, like, he needed Kyrie to get hurt or, like, it doesn't matter. He could have played 56 minutes, scored 100 points. If, if, if James Harden and Kyrie produced, it's like, all right, you're fucking loser again. This is Golden State part two. But, like, the stars are aligning where he's gaining respect again on Twitter, which is unbelievable. Like, like I would not have, I would not have guessed it. And, like, I, if it wasn't for Kyrie Ky- – I wouldn't be rooting for him. No, not at all. Like, I wouldn't be rooting for the Nets either. Oh, I'm not. I'm still not rooting for the Nets. I hope Milwaukee no. comes back and beats I them. I want him so bad. Oh, I was rooting for him. <coughs> yeah, you want to hear? I think this is what I get. So I go two weeks without betting. Mm-hmm. I was telling people I'm 13 days sober. I haven't nice. made a sports bet. I was like, you know what? I was clicking around, and I spent three days where I, I clicked on my website every day. I didn't make a bet. And then, I, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to toss on the Suns to win it all. Like, it's a future. Like, uh-huh. why not? Let me guess. The next moment, Chris Paul. Bro, <laughs> next day. But, like, uh, like I was like, holy, because my buddy texted me the next day, and he's like, dude, Chris Paul's on the COVID list. And I was like, dude, it's my fault. I bet on him. 
Dude, I, I was like literally jinxed it. First class ticket to Jinx City. <laughs> it was my fault. <laughs> if it wasn't for me, Chris Paul would never have gotten COVID. If you ever meet Chris Paul, you got to apologize. I'm to like, him. dude, I'm if he so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was, I was like, 13 days sober. <laughs> oh, I saw the plus 350. I was like, you know it was what? Looking plus, good. And then you. And then I also. So before Chris Paul got hurt, I got double Jinx. So. Then the next morning, so like I'm already, you know, like taking a little bit. My buddy, his buddy's friend is the Clippers GM. So he already really? he already knew that Kawhi was going to be out mm-hmm. the night before that anyone, like ESPN, yeah, yeah. And like Woj found out. Mm-hmm. Woj probably already knew, but it's probably like, you know, there's some respect there. Woj knows everything. And so I was like, you know what, fuck it. Um, even though the Jazz just got blown out by 55 points, I'm going to like, I'm going to take... And I was like, let me take a safe line. So I took the Jazz adjusted series line plus one and a half. This is when it was 2-2. Plus one and a half, like minus 275. Mm. So I was like, all they got to do is win one game. One game. And then like, and then like I two. So that was like, you know, two to, 200 to win 50 or 200 to win 75. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to put 15 on them to win the series 4-3 and 15 on them to win 4-2. So like, you know, everything cancels out. I was like doing the math. This is great. Pandemic P yeah. comes back. Scores <laughs> like 40. I'm like, what is going on Dude, right now? I'm the same way because of course yesterday I picked I had a parlay with the 76ers and the Jazz. And of course, uh, was, yeah, you told me about that one in the gym, and I watched both gosh, games and bro. I was like, dude, I was just feeling for you. No, no, it's so funny because for game both game fours, I did that's when I told you when I saw you in the gym. I made a parlay with the 76ers and the Jazz. Both lost that because the 76ers couldn't hang on in Atlanta to win. And then I was like, you know what? Both of these teams are really good. Really, really good. And now especially, I thought the 76ers at home was a lock. I thought I had that in the bank, and which I did in the first three quarters. And then the uh, the Jazz playing against a Clippers team without Kawhi, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this again. I'm going to make the same exact bet. And what happens? I wake up because I didn't watch the full Clippers and Jazz games. I, pa- the pa- I passed out. Mm-hmm. I wake up and the Clippers won 119-111, I guess. Pandemic P was, uh, you know, playoff oh P. Yeah, dude, terrible. Dude, I, I saw this one meme of uh, a, um, Paul. It was like Paul George, like, passing off the name playoff <laughs> P to Porzingis. <laughs> after Porzingis, he was, like, handed him the blunt. Yeah. And it was, like, Porzingis after going, like, 29 minutes with not a single stat line. Yeah. And it was like, man, like, fucking Porzingis did 29 minutes of cardio last night, you know? Just oh, like, that's and all it, he does, run up and down the court. Oh, my God. Just taking up space. Dude, like, people are like, fucking Luca. like, should it be? Dude, I'd be so fucking mad if I was a Luca. Like, oh we God. traded for this asshole. Oh, dude. Honestly. <laughs> I thought it was at first when the Knicks first made that trade. I was like, you know what? Even though KP is injury prone, if Luca and him can figure it out, they're going to have a good team. But Luca is obviously Luca, but KP is just... Yeah, he's so just, like sad, I said, dude. Space. He was putting up 28 a game with the Knicks. Like, and then, like, I, you know, he's posted pics on his Instagram of him getting jacked. And I was like, because he was Damn, bony man. as fuck yeah, when yeah, he was yeah. on it. And, like, I was like, this, like, he might be, like, fucking better than Luca. you know? <laughs> he might be the 7-3 Luca, bro. 100%. He was knocking down threes on the Knicks, like, mm-hmm. doing spin-away shit. And, like, it's just sad because I always root for him. I'll always be a Porzingis fan because he was just so fun on the Knicks for two years. But... Shame, bro. Shame. We'll see what happens tonight with the Nets and Bucks. Excited for that. Yeah. If, um, so now I am re. Uh, 
I'm gonna sit back and watch my uh, Jazz and Suns bet <laughs> lose we'll in front of happened. my eyes. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, I don't know why I never f- just fade myself. Bro. Just That's like, what you should do. Your first initial bet be like, eh, screw. So like, I wanted to, like I wanted to bet against the the Nets or whatever, and I should like, I can't do it though. All I want to do is bet with my heart. Like, you know, like, and I'll always lose, and it always hurts my heart when they lose double. But, like, I got to do it. Like, I mean, the way the Eastern Conference is going right now, it's going to be Nets-Atlanta. And as much as Atlanta's playing well, yeah. I, I think even without, like, Kyrie and James Harden, the, the Nets are still going to win that game, win yeah. that series, rather. Yeah. I just hope Chris Paul can come back. In t- because, again, hopefully, hopefully the Jazz could win game six, make it a seven-game series. Pushes it off a little bit. And then I think after game seven, the Western Conference final starts like two days after that. So it might start. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but it might start like a week from now. I, hopefully he can. he's ready to go. Also, where the fuck was he getting COVID, bro? You're in the playoffs. I like, know. Was it like, I don't know if it was the fans all pointed towards him, like <laughs> breathing it down onto the court or something. But what are you doing? And I'm pretty sure he's vaccinated too. So that just sucks. Bro. If he I, if he is back still, I think the quarantine's shorter. Like it's only seven days. Instead that's of 10. what I'm saying. Like because when this came out, I believe it was just after Game Four. So the uh, Game Four of the Jazz Clippers series. So there's still a lot of time for the Western Conference Finals to even start. And they said at first he could miss a, the the start of the Western Conference Finals, and now there's reports saying he might miss the entire Western Conference Finals. Like, bro, it's ten days since you tested positive. Like, I thought that's what it is for everyone. Dude, they're not making the finals without him. No, no, don't get me wrong. They're still very good, even without Chris Paul. But Chris Paul is the general on that floor. He's the one that makes everything go. Dude, he gets Devin unreal. Booker involved, DeAndre Ayton involved. He's hitting game winners. You can't if you're you, honestly, dude. If he's out, it might be a blessing in disguise. Because Cameron Payne coming off the bench, he's a bucket. Yeah. Whoever thought Cameron Payne would be a walking no, bucket? Not this is the same dude that didn't get any playing time on OKC. The only time you ever saw him was right before tip-off, him and Russell Westbrook doing those TikTok dances. True. That's it. They would just dance before the game. And, and now Cameron Payne's walking into games, just knocking down threes. He took LeBron in the paint once. Cracked him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, oh. Ex- I'm excited to see what happens the rest of the way out. Hell yeah, brother. All right, that's 30 minutes, bro. There it is, just yeah. like that. Yeah. Snap of a finger. Hell yeah. I, th- I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, we're doing a sweepstakes. Someone wants to get on the podcast. All you hey. got to do, DM me on Instagram, and I'm going to start a little raffle, and you get a free uh, come on the mic. We got an extra seat over yeah, here. Oh, yeah. Extra mic and everything. All right. Peace out.